Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Friends, I want to direct our attention back to that first reading that we have today from the Acts of the Apostles, and it is one of my all-time favorite stories in the scriptures, this incident that happens in Philippi where Paul and Silas, they're preaching, they get arrested, they get beaten, they're imprisoned, um, there's this earthquake, the jailbreak, all of those things. It's, it's an incredible story. What it highlights for me, and I'm trying to, I, I hope I can communicate this because it's just so deep and, and rich in my own heart. What it What this story is an icon, it's an icon for me of the conflict or the coming together of two worlds, where two worlds are colliding. One, the world of the secular fallen world and the ways that the fallen world operates, and the invasion of the other world, meaning the invasion of the kingdom of God into uh, this terrain, how the kingdom of God frees us and operates and, and how it responds to things. So, like... Pull yourselves back and try to imagine what this was like for Paul and Silas. Like, as a priest, I can't imagine, like, God willing, like, please, Lord, give me the courage to, to be preaching so boldly and so powerfully and so intensely that, it, like, that it, it stirred up a lynch mob is essentially what happened, right? Their preaching was so bold and so persuasive that it, it stirred up the city to come after them, to arrest them, to beat them. Like, this is a heck of an examination of conscience for myself as a priest and a preacher. Like, when Paul and Silas were preaching, they weren't going, like, they weren't going to parishes. They weren't preaching parish missions, right? They were going to cities. They weren't preaching to the choir because there wasn't a choir, right? There wasn't. The world was not yet converted to Christianity. They were going into cities with fire on their breath and love in their hearts, and they were proclaiming Christ in the marketplace, they were challenging people's way of thinking. It was a complete reversal. In the Acts of the Apostles, there's another charge that comes against them. It says, these men have turned the world upside down. Man, what kind of preaching is that? So anyway, so they get arrested. They're stripped. They're beaten with rods. Now, like, again, try to imagine. Try to imagine, like, full-grown men, strong men who, this is their job. They beat people for a living, right? Full-grown men, wooden dowels in hand, your clothes are stripped off of you, you're standing naked in a square, chained to a column, and you are hit. (laughs) Like, beggar's belief, like, to just imagine the pain, And not just once, but repeatedly over and over, your back, your legs, your arms, your elbows, your knees, your ankles, you are beaten in the most sensitive places, and then you are dragged, thrown into a jail in the deep, dark heart of this jail, and it says their ankles are shackled, swollen, bloody, in the depths of this dark jail. And what does the world expect? Like, the world expects that these prisoners would just be suffering, that they'd be moaning their situation. Maybe they'd be, if they got enough strength or energy, maybe they'd be plotting how to escape, but they would certainly be silent because you are not going to say anything 
to bring out any more punishment. You are defeated. You are beaten into submission. It's what you expect. What you don't expect is for them to start singing. Prisoners don't sing. They don't sing. They don't sing hymns. But these ones did. Why? Because none of this mattered. And I don't say that to be like, yeah, Paul and Silas, they were like ancient nihilists, you know? Like, no, what I mean by that is they were convinced of what St. Paul had written previously in his letter to the Romans, where he says this, like just convinced of this. We are like, we're, we're, when we hear these words of Paul of the Romans, we're like, oh, that sounds nice. This was in their blood. I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That nothing, no circumstance, no suffering, nothing, nothing was able to touch what they possessed. Like, remember before Jesus is, he enters into his passion. He says to his friends, he says to his friends, I'm going away from you, but I will come back again. And I will take you to myself. And your joy will be complete. And nothing will take your joy from you. Nothing will take your joy from you. No circumstance, no issue, nothing. Makes me think of, I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Shawshank Redemption, but that scene after Andy Dufresne had been in the hole, he'd been in solitary confinement in the hole for like two or, like, I don't know, two, three months. It was the longest stretch in that movie that anybody had suffered. And he said it was the easiest time he had ever done. Like, what are you talking about? He said, I had, he brought that music in his heart with him. He said, they ha- I have something that they can't touch. Of hope. And that's where Red, uh, that character, he looks at me, he's like, what are you talking about? Hope's a dangerous thing. He's like, hope's the most sane thing to have. That Paul and Silas, they had something that nothing could touch. They had Jesus dwelling with them. And, like, and this is the line that I find so powerful. It says, about midnight, while Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, as the prisoners listened, there was suddenly such a severe earthquake. Okay, now imagine these are the prisoners. Imagine their condition. Imagine what they look like. Imagine their bodies. Imagine their faces. Imagine their hearts, their spirits, how they felt. And suddenly you start hearing something that doesn't sound like suffering. You start hearing singing. Like, what is going on? I mean, Imagine if the opposite had taken place. Imagine if Paul and Silas, after being thrown into jail, after being beaten, imagine if they, just like all the other prisoners, started cursing their situation. Like, this is not fair. Like, you're an idiot, Silas. I told you we shouldn't come to Philippi. Oh, you're an idiot, Paul. And they start sounding just like how we sound. Nothing would have happened. The earthquake wouldn't have happened They would have sounded just like the prisoners. No one would have listened. 
this is the problem with the modern church, that we as Christians, we as Catholics, we often, we don't sound like Christians. We sound like the rest of the world all the time. All the time. We sound like the rest of the world. We sound like the people around us who are still imprisoned by sin, still imprisoned by and conditioned by the fallen ways of thinking, the fallen ways of relating, the fallen ways of coping. Like, as if this world's all there is, this is how we sound. Someone gets sick, a, a tough diagnosis. Oh, that, yes, it's sad, it's the worst, but we don't speak a message of hope. Someone dies, oh my gosh, how could God do this? How, what, do you know what heaven is? Do you, do you know, like, that's home. Like St. Paul says, for me, life is Christ and death is gain. We all act like death is the absolute worst thing imaginable. It's not. If you're not convinced of that yet, you don't know Christianity yet. I don't say that to judge. I'm just saying that as like we need to be convicted of this. Like for me, life is Christ and death is gain. If, that's, if that messes with you, bring that to the Lord. Bring that to the Lord. Like the, we as Christians in this fallen world We bring freedom to others when we sing, so to speak, in this fallen world. Christians must sing. I don't mean just simply using your voice. We have to sound different in this fallen world. Because we're not the imprisoned ones. We're the free ones. For freedom's sake, Christ set us free. Right? The Spirit of, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do you have the Spirit of the Lord in you? Yes, because of your baptism, because of confirmation, because you feast on the bread of life, you have the Lord in you. The world needs to hear Christians singing in the prison. Like, I think about during, the, the, during Nazi Germany, Sophie Scholl, I think that was her name, but she was this teenage girl who was a devout Catholic who was standing up against the regime and she was printing pamphlets and, and just spreading them at universities, her and her little brother. She was one of the the regime's most wanted criminals because she was singing the truth. She was arrested, she was rounded up, and there's a picture of her right before she's hanged. And she looks calm. And the other soldiers around her, they look terrified. She was the free one. They were the imprisoned. Or think about, remember a few years ago when that that awful scene of the, the ISIS militants on the beach They had those 21 Coptic Christians kneeling on the beach in those orange jumpsuits, knives at their necks, right? And they filmed and publicly sent out the beheading, the martyrdom of these men. Only 20 of them were actually Coptic Christians. One of them, a man named Matthew Ayariga, was not a Christian. He was a Muslim. He was rounded up with these other men. He was thrown in prison with them because he was the wrong kind of Muslim. And this man, Matthew, witnessed in prison these other Christians, these men, singing. The way that they loved each other, the way that they spoke to each other, the way they encouraged each other. They, he saw the way that they were free. And they gave him the chance to convert to their form of Islam. He said, no, no, no. Their God is my God. And he died a martyr, a Christian martyr. Friends, it turns out that the prisoners, Paul and Silas, were the most free, and because of Jesus, they broke the jailer out 
of the prison bars of the small world and the former way of life that he was living in. That's what we're meant to do. Like, that's what we're meant to do. Friends, I just want to invite us, may our responses to the ways of this world bear witness that we are, we are ambassadors of another world. We are pilgrims passing through this world that our hope, our hope is anchored beyond the veil. People should hear us singing. That should set them free.